You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. So we are in week two of a little three-week series that we're doing that Mariah was talking about called A Better Playlist. And just like Mariah reminded us, what we're trying to do in this series is help you students see that once you put your faith in Jesus, your whole life and perspective should change. Out of a result of experiencing the gospel and the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And uh, last week, we looked at the song, Antihero. And tonight, just like Mo shared, we actually got to sing a song of worship together. But just because a song talks about God or um, claims to be about God, doesn't mean that we should turn off our gospel filter. In fact, I actually think it becomes even more important for us to think about the words that we're singing because we're claiming to be singing these words to God. And so we are going to analyze the lyrics of this song that we just sang together. But at the same time, I realize that we need to uncover some lies. That, that all of us, whether you've been following Jesus for a long time or you're kind of new to Jesus and you're still trying to figure out this whole thing, we are all susceptible to believing lies about musical worship. And we've been talking about in this series how everything that we experience influences us. Everything externally that we listen to, that we watch, it all influences us. But at the same time, our own thoughts influence us. And so we don't just need to check the songs that are on our playlists, but we actually need to check our thoughts and and the mental playlist that all of us are operating out of. And so for tonight, we are going to look at the lyrics of the song we just sang, and we are also going to uncover three lies that we tend to believe about musical worship, and then we're going to look at the truths that challenge those. And because, um, before we go any farther, I just want to make a quick note that there are lots of ways that we worship God. So I don't want you students um, to be thinking, okay, well, I can only worship God when we sing songs together, like on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. The Bible is so clear that there are so many different ways that we can and should worship God. We can worship God with our surrender and our obedience, our trust in him. We can worship God um, with our reverence and our respect for him. Musical worship is just one way that we can worship God, but it's a really important way. So without any further ado, let's jump in, tune in maybe, (laughs) tune in to track two of A Better Playlist, Glorious Day. Now, some of us, kind of like we've been talking about, um, some of us might really love musical worship. We might get really excited when we walk into this space and and we get to worship God and sing songs to him. Um, But some of us might really struggle with musical worship and might wonder, like, why do we do this every week? I don't even know what we're supposed to be doing, how I'm supposed to be doing it, why I'm supposed to be doing it. And I think 
that leads to the first lie that we can tend to believe about musical worship, and this is where we're going to spend most of our time together tonight, and it's this. Lie number one says, I don't need to worship God. But did you know that the Bible commands us to praise God through song? In Psalm uh, 107, verses 21 and 22, Scripture says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. In Psalm 96, it starts off like this. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. And then in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 reads, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. God commands his people to worship him through song. But God doesn't just command it. God's greatness and his goodness and his mercy and his love deserves it. And we know that because we know what it's like. We know what it would be like if God wasn't good, if he didn't love us. The song Glorious Day starts like this. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. If you remember last week, um, Pastor Eric walked us through Taylor Swift's Antihero. And whether or not you're a Swifty like me, if you missed that message, please try to find that podcast on our uh, Spotify or Apple podcast because it was so fun, but it was also really helpful. But if you remember that message where we kind of left off in that song and in all of life is ultimately we are left hopeless and in need of a savior. Last week, Eric said, apart from Jesus, we have no hope, no one to save us from our problems or our failures or our sin. And sin is any time in our lives that we dethrone God, that we, that we take him off um, his rightful place uh, on the throne of our hearts. We, we take him off of there and we say, God, I don't want to obey you. I want to trust my own thoughts. I want to trust something else above you. It's any time that we fall short of God's perfect way of life. And so in order to get maybe a little bit deeper understanding of this, I thought it would be fun if we took a little quick two-question poll, and I'm going to ask you students to be really brave and really vulnerable, but I'm going to do it with you, so it's going to be good. So um, in a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand with me if at some point in your life, any point, you failed a test or a quiz in school. Ready? Raise your hand if you've ever failed a test or a quiz in school. Wow, I am not alone. This is, well, thank you guys for being so brave. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, 
You guys, when I was when I was a junior in high school, I got a 12% on an APUSH quiz. AP US history, you guys, so embarrassing. Yeah, I got a, tw- a legit a 12%. I didn't even know that was possible. But um, anyway, thank you guys for being vulnerable with me. I'm really glad to know that I am not alone. Um, I actually was surprised to see a lot of our hands, most of our hands go up. But I think for this next question, I think every single hand is going to go up because I'm going to ask you to raise your hand with me if you've ever failed a friend or you've ever failed a family member. You ever made a mistake, you you let someone down, you told a lie, every single hand is up in the air because we've all at some point made that mistake. We've all failed at some point. Thank you guys for for being brave and and doing that exercise with me. But what I want you guys to see is that every single one of our hands went up for that. that. That we are all, at some point, we've fallen into sin. That all of us have failed. Sin isn't just a fancy word that we use at church. And it's not an empty word without weight. In fact, Glorious Day reminds us that our sin has consequences. Glorious Day said, I was buried beneath my shame. I was breathing but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my tomb. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. And we don't like to talk about this all the time. I think sometimes in our Christian circles, sometimes at church, we don't like to talk about how vast of an impact sin has and how all of us are caught in it. But students, the same Bible, the same Bible that tells believers that they are children of God also tells us that before Jesus, we were dead in our sins, that all of us were completely lost and hopeless without Jesus, that we were deserving of God's wrath, meaning his righteous judgment, his righteous anger, because we sinned against a holy God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Sin is a death sentence because it separates us from a, it separates us for eternity from a holy and perfect God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says, "As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins." All of us also lived among them, meaning the disobedient to God, at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, We were by nature deserving of wrath. And students, that's why we needed a savior. That's why. Because in our sin, we were dead and separated from God. But thank God, that is not where the song Glorious Day or the story of the Bible or the story of us ends. In Glorious Day, there's this beautiful little word and it's till. So far in the beginning of that song, we've been seeing how how this is where I was, This this is what I was experiencing, till I met you, till I met God. Students, that's why the good news of the gospel is such good news, 
is because it actually starts with really bad news. And it, and it helps us understand the goodness of, of God's character, the goodness of his love. It makes us celebrate and worship him even more because we know where we were when we were separated from him and his love. Remember Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 had said, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But... Verse 22, now he, God, has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Ephesians 2 had started with, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But verse 4, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. Friends, one of the biggest lies we can believe about musical worship is, is thinking, I don't need to worship God. But the truth is, we get to worship God. We were once enemies from God, but because he loved us through Christ's death and resurrection, we are now reconciled back to him forever. We have that opportunity. We get to worship God because we were dead in our transgressions, like Ephesians 2 says, but God chose to make us alive together with Christ. Friends, it is a great privilege and honor to sing songs to God, to worship him. And what's so cool is that God commands us to worship him through song, but it's also our natural response to receiving good news like this. And then at the same time, I love that God designed this so brilliantly because at the same time, we get to know God better. Our relationship with God grows when we choose to worship him passionately through song. Salvation, what God did for us, is a miracle, and it's our natural response when we hear really good news to celebrate and to have joy. And to illustrate this, I want to show you guys um, a little video. Um, about six months ago, one of my best friends got married. And so her and I are in this friend group with uh, two other girls. And we've actually known each other forever. We uh, grew up actually in HSM together, and Pastor Eric was our high school pastor. And so we've been friends for a long time, and the three of them are all married now. And so we got together uh, to celebrate my friend, whose also name is Claire. And um, we got together to celebrate um, Claire's marriage. Um, but the weekend actually turned extra fun when one of our other friends, Ronnie, had some special news to share with us. So um, let's go ahead and watch this video and see what happens when Ronnie asks us to take a picture together. Let's watch this. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Say Ronnie's pregnant. <gasps> Hey 
guys. Sorry that you had to listen to me screaming. Sorry that I had to listen to me screaming. But what I want to show you guys is, is if you think about it, if you think about it, when you receive really good news, you really do get that excited. I mean, we are so excited at my friend and her husband for having their first child, this God-given gift. The, the three of us get to be aunties, and I'm really excited. And so we were screaming, obviously, and, and shouting for joy, and, and that was the right thing to do. It, it, it was righteous of us to celebrate that good news with that much excitement. But one of the reasons why I share that video with you guys tonight is because if we are that excited about getting good news of, of our friend's baby, which is great news, but if we choose to get that excited for that, how much more excited should we get at the fact that God, the creator of the universe, created you knows you, and loved you so much that he sent his son to die and rise again in order to save you. Like, we should be celebrating that best news ever with even more joy and excitement than what we just watched together. And something else that's really fun about this is you had to endure listening to me screaming and yelling. I'm so sorry about that. I cringe every time I watch that video, and I think I saw some cringing out here too, which is okay. But what's cool is when it comes to musical worship, God never cringes at his children singing songs of worship to him. And so no matter what it, it sounds like, no matter how good we think our voices sound, God rejoices in us singing worship to him with our whole hearts. Students, we get to worship God. It's a great honor and privilege. It's not a chore. But once we get there, once we get behind musical worship, there are other lies that kind of become roadblocks for us. And lie number two says, worship is about me. And for some of you, you might be like, okay, I don't, I don't really know what that means, but think about it. Worship is about me. Worship is about whether or not I like the song that we're singing. Worship is about how, how good I think the music sounds or, or how well I think the tech person in the back is like moving to the next slide, like if they're on time or not, you know? Like, like worship is, a, is what other people might think if I choose to lift my hands in worship. Lie number two says worship is about me. But if you think about the song Glorious Day, the hero of that song is not us, it's God. When you called my name, God, then I ran out of that grave. Truth number two is that worship is not about you. It should always be about God. Our time worshiping God together is special. And, and it's not a free concert. It, it, it's not a time to just sit back and kind of watch. It's a time to engage and to, and to connect with God. It's also not a time for us to be on our phones. It's actually really disrespectful during our time of worship together to be sitting on your phone or to be talking to the people next to you about anything other than Jesus. Because in worship, we forget ourselves to focus on God. The last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 4, verse 10, John, who writes this book, he, he gets this vision of heaven, of, of all of eternity. 
And he, he says that some of the people up there, 24 elders, fall down before him, God, who sits on the throne, and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne. I love that picture of, of these people who, who they have their crowns. And I think thinking about whatever my opinion is, Whatever I think my accomplishments are, whatever I think that I've achieved, it doesn't matter before the king of kings. And so before I go to worship God, I'm going to choose to take off my crown and lay it at Jesus' feet. Worship, that's what we get to do. We forget ourselves in order to focus on God. And at first, it's going to be awkward. You're going to be like, I don't really know how to do this. Have no fear. Um, I prayed really hard about this, and, and I want to encourage you students, worshiping God really can be as easy as ABC. ABC, you know, easy as one, two, three. Okay, sorry. We don't have enough time for that. We got to, I got to get through this. Okay. Worshiping God can be as easy as ABC. Check your ABCs. When we are doing musical worship together, here's what I want you to do. Check your A. A is for your attention. Focus on God. And if you start to find your mind wandering, don't panic. That's okay. I want to encourage you guys to close your eyes and let the music and the lyrics bring your focus back to God. And once you're there, I want you to check your B. B is for your body. One of the reasons that God gave us physical bodies was so that we can use them to worship God. And so I really want to challenge us as an HSM family to continue growing to be people of worship. And so sing along. Use the mouth and the voice that God gave you to sing praises back to him. And then once you kind of get comfortable singing, I want to encourage you, this is so crazy, you know, just start swaying a little bit. You know, like, like, God, like God, asks, God tells us to dance. So start swaying a little bit. And then once you're there, let your body, as you're singing these songs, let your body become an outward expression of what's happening in your heart. And so if we want to surrender to God, if we want to say, God, I, I want to trust you with what I'm facing in my life, then open your hands. And then raise your arms to a God who is worthy of our worship. Clap along. Participate in worship. Engage with God in worship with your body. And then once you got your A and once you got your B, then it's time for C, which is for celebration. Whatever you do, whatever you do for the Lord, do it with joy. Worshiping God really can be as easy as ABC. And so I want you students to think now, where am I kind of at when it comes to musical worship? And what is one thing that I can commit to doing every time we worship together for the next month? And just see what God does in you and through your relationship during that time. In our last minute or two together, I want to talk about the last lie that I think we tend to believe about musical worship because I think it would be really unloving for me as one of your pastors if, if we didn't go here tonight. And lie number three when it comes to musical worship, once you've you know, kind of gotten through it all, is this. I can't worship a good God when my life is not good. And this is the lie that I am most tempted to believe, honestly. 
Because it is really hard when you are going through really difficult life circumstances or, or someone close to you who you love is really struggling, it can be really hard to say, God, you are good. It could be hard to sing about that. And you're like, God, I don't know if I believe that right now. But something cool about musical worship is that even though it's not about us, it doesn't mean that God doesn't use it to speak to us. And when you are praising God through song and you are like struggling to get the words out, you're like, God, I don't know if I could even sing this right now. It's like you are declaring truth over your life. That when your heart is doubting, you're reminding yourself of, of, what, good, of what is good and what is right and, and what is true. And that's God and his character and his word. And you're choosing to say, even when I can't see it, I'm trusting God that you are working. And when we do that, it's actually an act of worship in and of, its, of, in and of itself. It's, it's a way that we are faithfully inviting God into our life and into our circumstances. And I also love how Mo reminded us that we also do that for each other. So when we are singing to God together, we're also speaking that truth over each other's lives, especially if someone is walking through something that was really difficult. So when you sing to God in worship, I want you to think about the ways that you've seen God's faithfulness in the past, especially if you're going through something hard. Glorious Day says, I needed shelter. I was an orphan but you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. When's a time in your life where you were broken and God chose to be your healing? Think about that and let the memory of God's faithfulness spur you on and motivate you to sing today. But when we are praising God, it's not just over our past and not even just over our present, but we're also singing about our future. And we're focusing on a future hope of complete redemption and of complete healing, if not in this life, for certain in heaven. Glorious Day finishes saying, now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open because when you called my name, I ran out of that grave. We have a future, and our eyes can, can see what is unseen, see beyond our circumstances, and trust that God is still on his throne. Revelation 4, verse 11, finishes like this. The people are singing to God, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. One day, one day, friends, we will worship God face to face in eternity without any more death, without any more tears, without any more hardship. But on this side of eternity, it's part of our faith to learn how to worship God even when it's hard because his character never changes. And that's our last truth of tonight. Even on our worst days, God is worthy of our worship. We are going to finish our time together in this room before we head off into life groups in a way that I think is really fitting of this series and of our topic tonight. 
And our worship team is, is coming back up and we're gonna sing one more song of worship together. And students, I really wanna challenge you, starting tonight, starting right now, respond to God through worship. Worship God with your head and your heart by making the lyrics to this song your prayers. And then worship with your hands and, and lift them up to a God who is worthy of all of our praise. And if you are going through something hard right now where you're struggling to worship God for being good, I think this song is going to comfort you, but I also think it's really going to challenge you. Because students, we get to worship God. And worship is not about us. It's always about him. And even on our worst days, God is worthy of our worship. So let's sing together. <laughs>